Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. You are listening to peacepodcast.org. And this is 106th interview with a peace builder on our planet who has a message for you. We have something in common. Mike Caruso, welcome. I just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you. And then I want to tell you, if you look at our backdrops, what do you see? You see Rotary Wheel, because this is a, Mike started the Rotary Peace Builder Clubs in 2011. And we're going to hear the story of how and why. And then I am the chair of the Rotary Action Group for Peace, which is the umbrella organization for the Rotary Peace Builder Clubs. Rotary Peace Builder Clubs. What a noble goal to have peace on our planet. Do you know we have over 46,000 Rotary Clubs? And so if we work together for peace, think of what we can do. And so without further ado, because I want this whole conversation to be focused on Michael, Michael Caruso, we all call him Mike. He's a past district governor. He joined the Newburgh Rotary Club in 2001. And guess who was his sponsor? His precious daughter, Amelia, because she was a Rotarian first. And sometimes you get into Rotary Clubs through your family, through your friends. But he was the founder of the Rotary Peace Builder Clubs, as I said, and this started in 2011. And we're going to find out today why and how and what we can do. He served as a district governor in District 5100 during the 11 and 12 Rotary year. That was quite a year for you, Mike. I mean, 2011 seems like you started Peace Builder Clubs. You were a district governor. I'm excited. And so 11 years as District Rotary Peace Fellowships, subcommittee director. Think about it. He's a Rotarian through and through. And he didn't even start until 2001, and we're in 2023 now. You know, there's so much he has done. He has received awards for what he has done. He is the recipient of the Rotary Rotary International Service Above Self Award, as well as a citation for meritorious service. Those are beautiful awards. They're very hard to come by. They don't happen just because you want them. They happen because you are working for peace on the planet. You're doing more than just attending a Rotary Club meeting. You're making the world a better place because of your actions. And so with that, I'm going to invite Mike. And again, he comes from a business background. He worked in the business. And what, what business were you in, Mike? Um, wholesale produce, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, distributing to grocery stores and restaurants. And you know we count on him to bring the freshest fruits and vegetables. He retired from that lofty position, and that was when he became really involved with Rotary. So let's start today, Mike. Um, I have a question for you. Tell us a little bit about your story. You know, stories are what people remember. You became a Rotarian. You had a, a, a five children, uh, lots of grandchildren. And 
what is it that makes you tick? What what do you think you bring to the world? Well, I think it's um, influenced by a lot of really wonderful people. I um, I studied for the Roman Catholic priesthood uh, for my high school years and the first year of college. And finishing college, I went into the Peace Corps, served in Malaysia and tuberculosis control, uh, three years, primarily with Aborigines of that uh, country, and uh, came out and went into the family business and then uh, retired. I was looking for something, and uh, Rotary kind of... Uh, made its discovery to me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't there. know you were in the Peace Corps. Yeah. You know, the, all the people who I have on my board who are returning Peace Corps volunteers, they are the most gentle, wonderful people. And I don't know if why the Peace Corps makes you so compassionate and so passionate about peace. What do you think that did for you? I think it just makes you aware of the larger community. And the fact that this global community, which looks at times so vast and challenging, is actually quite small, um, especially now with, with the technology we have. We can speak to people, you know, 10,000 miles away, and it's like they're sitting in, uh, next to you in the room. So beautiful when you think about it. We are a global community. We're a family. My late husband, Robert Mueller, always said, if we could just treat each other like a family, a family, this world wouldn't have wars. You don't shoot your brother because he's upset or you're upset. You have a conversation. So, Mike, I'm going to go back to the early beginnings of the Peace Builder Clubs. What motivated you to start them? Well, actually, uh, it's because we became a Peace Builder District. And the Peace Builder District is simply a financial um commitment that the district makes to the Rotary Peace Centers and the Rotary Peace Fellow Program because Rotary pays 100% of their um, fellowship costs. They pay for the travel, they pay for the room and board, tuition, and programs which the Peace Fellows do during that time. And we became a Peace Builder District in 2011. And so we went around and talked to the various clubs explaining what this meant and at the end of one of the meetings, some Rotarians came up and they said, well, since we're a peace builder district, we be peace builder clubs. And we uh, discussed that, discussed that among the leadership. I was just getting started in my year as district governor. So I talked to past governors and directors and nobody had heard anything. They went to Evanston and no one in Evanston had ever been broached with the question. So they said, well, go ahead, start your Peace Builder Clubs, and we'll let you know if you do anything out of line. So they were kind of going to be uh, monitoring us. So we started with um, 11 clubs that year in our district. Uh, the main purpose, <clears throat> since it, it became out of the idea of Peace Builder District, was to support the Rotary Peace Fellows Program. And we could do this in, in two ways, either support financially send money to Evanston to support the, the Rotary Peace Centers or sponsor a candidate, <clears throat> find an applicant who might be interested in, in getting a, a master's degree or certificate in peace and conflict resolution. So this um, started out uh, either or both ways to support them. And then we brought in uh, the idea of peace projects, partnering with uh, other organizations, possibly Kiwanis or Lions Club or whatever, or any local organizations on a peace project. And uh, also 
we went out and and educated members, Rotary Club members in our district about Rotary's history of peace. And it's a, it's a very uh, impressive history I found out through through my research of it. And so the more this happened, the more comfortable I felt with Rotary. Uh, we started uh, with the help of the Rotary Peace Centers. We developed a brochure on Peace Builder Clubs. We brought this to the international conventions and uh, distributed it with the help of the, the booth that the Rotary Peace Fellows had. <clears throat> so we did this and we started doing it in, in various languages over the years. Uh, we started in 2011. I think it was in 2014, we started getting responses from other districts. Uh, District 7610 in Virginia sent me an email saying they were going to have a conference and roll out Peace Builder Clubs and invited me back to that. Uh, district 5240, I believe that's your own district. I think it was the second district outside of our own to start Peace Builder Clubs. I believe they have 24 Peace Builder Clubs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Seattle district. Um, has about 10 Peace Builder Clubs, and uh, it kept growing and uh, had a lot of support from the Rotary Action Group for Peace. And then in 2018, uh, they rolled out the Peace Builder Club program, and it took on a whole new life and a whole new increase in membership. And today, I believe we have uh, over 400 Peace Builder Clubs around the world. So well, you know what that tells me? This Peace Builder Club idea, time had come. His time, her time had come. And when the time is right, things just happen. What was the magic that made these Peace Builder Clubs grow so quickly in 12 years? I think just the communication, meeting new members, meeting uh, other Rotarians with the same interest uh, from various parts of the country, from various parts of the world. Uh, and, and Rotary's interest, uh, or Rotary's emphasis on peace, really, I believe, started growing. Uh, 2000. 13, I believe it was, Rotary rolled out the areas of focus. And one of those areas of focus is peace and conflict resolution. And uh, they've changed that to peace and conflict prevention now, which I think is a much, much more applicable name for it. But uh, yes, Rotary, Rotary leadership has just been, been wonderful in this. Uh, I think they, they have seen or felt that, that peace has been a big part of Rotary. Paul Harris was such a huge promoter of peace over the years and that's the reason the peace centers got started to honor him you know so interesting because i've always felt now you know they did a miracle when in 1988 and they started to eradicate polio by going around the world and providing the salt vaccine i think that was a miracle and look what they accomplished and so i always said now i know that you believe in peace each rotary club but why don't we make peace our priority just the way we made polio our priority? And I remember in 2015 reading the cover of the Rotarian magazine and it said, goodbye, adios, glad to see you go. And they were saying goodbye to polio. And I want the same thing to happen to war. Goodbye, war. We have learned to settle our disputes by compromise and by conversation. We have learned that each of us count and we heard you. So it's goodbye, War. I would love to see that in 2023. You know, um, Mike Antonio Guterres, I am also part of the United Nations Association, said, let's make 2023 a year of peace and no more wars. And I thought, why not? Now, where's Rotary on that scale of peace and no more wars? What's it going to take to get Rotary to be that 
beacon of hope and peace that we know we want today? Well, I think two particular areas it'll take. A bold leadership from the top, which we have had with the, the leadership of uh, Rotary International and the, the directors and the trustees. And they started the Rotary Peace Centers in 2002. Uh, this was um, uh, an amazing program, really. They wanted to, they were at one point looking at uh, a Paul Harris University to honor him uh, in the field of peace. And then they found out that there were already, at the time, there were about 40 universities around the world that had postgraduate degrees in peace and conflict resolution. And um, that was when they started the Peace Centers. Today, there's over 400 universities with offering postgraduate degrees in peace and conflict resolution. So we were right on the cutting edge. And I remember, you know, when, when Rotary came out in 1987 with the Polio Plus program, people kind of snickered, said, well, no, this, you know, and sure. back then there were 360,000 plus cases a year. Um, and over the years, we have made progress. In 2021, there were a total of six cases of, of wild polio virus in the world. So we are very, very close to eradicating it from the face of the earth. And people kind of snicker and sneer in the same way when we talk about Rotary and uh, the peace movement and how Rotary is, is getting very, very involved in that. But uh, persistence not only from the from the top down from also from at the club level where the <clears throat> even the the leaders of rotary say that um, all of the really strong programs come about from the club level so we need um, <clears throat> a coordination and a partnership from both ends top to bottom bottom to top yeah it's very interesting because polio um i grew up um right in the midst of when Salk invented the polio vaccine. No, I don't think so. I think the polio vaccine, I don't even know the year polio vaccine was invented. All I remember about Dr. Salk is he said, I am not going to patent this because I want this world to be free of polio. And that was his goal, be free of polio. And that's why my goal with the Rotary Action Group for Peace and the Peace Builder Clubs is to be free of all wars. And you know, they snickered when they said, Oh, let's get rid of polio. No way are we going to get all these countries and all these people. And then all of a sudden, it was a vision that drew us, a vision of no more polio that drew us into the action that we needed to complete that vision. Right, Mike? That's correct. And it's just that the vision has been, I think it's it's quite clear and it's getting more clear every every day um the people we talk to the people we meet and um it's just uh having a focus uh, i think it's great that they called it the areas of focus you know uh, uh, peace and conflict resolution women and children care disease prevention education um, community development it's just um, they all fit so well and they all feed into peace it's so true. We have seven areas of focus, the latest one being the environment. And my late husband, Robert Mueller, who is the assistant secretary general, said, we have to stop our war with the environment. We can't expect the environment to support us all the rest of our lives if we keep destroying it. And so that was so beautiful, the way you said our seven areas of focus. And the beauty of that, you just said, it's peace, the time has come. And I'm hearing it from more people 
And so what is your goal, your outcome? What is your cherished outcome? That's how I put it. From all these peace builder clubs, what can we do to further our vision for peace on planet Earth? Well, I think we need to to still get ourselves more educated. You know, as I was reading back in the uh, the history of Rotary and Peace and how it evolved, I found out that in 1942, in the February article of the Rotarian magazine, there was an article written for the Rotarian by Mahatma Gandhi. And in the preface to the article, the editor gave a warning. He said, probably few readers will agree with his views. And it's just very clear what he was saying. He starts off with, if you, if you need a measure of flour to live on and your neighbor needs a half a measure of flour to live on, both should be awarded that amount. We need to live together. And, and with the environment, we're finding that the planet has limited resources. And it's just so, so clear today and the article is when he wrote it 81 years ago. And the message I got out of it is we basically need to live more simply that others may simply live. We need to learn how to share. And in our culture, the way we've grown up, especially in the American culture, that is really difficult to, to come to grips with the fact that I don't need all of these fancy cars and TVs and and all the technology that we have. I mean, it's wonderful to have the technology, but but to learn to talk to our neighbors, our neighbors in our community, in our county, in our state, across our country, and then and now with the technology we have across the world, to share our ideas, to share the the wonderful lessons that people like Gandhi gave us, and the peace builder clubs. I think through their leadership um, can make this happen. Uh, the multitude of projects that there are, um, peace villages, um, peace scholarship programs, police to peace. I think the, the working to um, emphasize compassion, empathy, and fairness in our police departments. Um, in, in Portland, we had a program put together by a couple of peace builder clubs during the riots when uh, after George Floyd was murdered uh, they brought together uh, the mayor the chiefs of police the attorney general um, and people leading the protests um, they had a whole cross-section of the people talking together learning learning from each other um, another program called Free Bikes for Kids gives thousands of bicycles to people like the Shriners Hospital kids, people coming out of you know, serious disabilities. Um, there's just so many, you know, promotions for the International Day of Peace. Um, Which is September 21. And mm -hmm. I think it's a, a day that we should really focus on peace and make peace a priority. Isn't that a good model? make peace a priority. I was, when we had our first Peace Builder Club meeting and Mike was one of the facilitators, we kept saying, you have to have that vision of peace. You have to work for peace. As Eleanor Roosevelt said, it's not enough just to think about peace. You have to work for peace. And that's why I love the Peace Builder Clubs. They work for peace. 
Yeah, and 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 also to realize that we are still in Rotary's in the infancy of its peace building program. I mean, we have 400 peace builder clubs. That's great, but as you mentioned, we have 46,000 Rotary clubs. So we've got, uh, I guess, the the world is our oyster, so to speak. Isn't that beautiful? I I love your optimism, and I love that what I've been hearing from you today is a platform to build this mo this vision on. We have a platform in Rotary. We know everybody in Rotary that I know wants peace. And so we just haven't had that platform. And so today I crown our platform, the Mike Caruso platform for peace. And so it shall be. And why not, Mike? Well, I think there's a lot of other people who would, who would deserve that much more than myself. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, my uh, again, I've been I've done a lot of talks in my life, and I always talk to Rotary clubs. Even when I was in Budapest, I would talk to Rotary clubs wherever I was, because I knew they always had that model: service above self. And self to me is working for a world that works for all, that nobody has to go to bed hungry, et cetera, et cetera. And if you look at the human rights that Eleanor Roosevelt got accomplished, you look and see that what really is one of the human rights, and this one's a big one, a safe place to live, safety. I've always felt that if children felt safe, we'd have a different world. And so, you know, we all have our own philosophy, but that's why I love Rotary. We can bring our ideas and our dreams together and have a whole club that supports us. That's exactly correct. That's what we're working for, to, to get the club and legacy to educate and communicate. I think those are the two, two best things we can do. I agree. And there's one other thing that I've been telling people. Have a peace moment in your club. Every meeting, just start with, Today, uh, today we're going to ask Barbara Mueller, or today we're going to ask Mike. Mike, what have you done for peace? And then you have a whole minute to tell us. And then we honor you for that rather than where you went last week on a vacation. I want to bring peace into our clubs. And I started something really simple when a little girl said to me, oh, Mrs. Mueller, you're so busy and you're so wonderful. And I'm just a little girl. What can I do? And this was at a Montessori school. And I said, you know, look behind you. And the whole group of 400 kids turned around. And on the wall was this big word, peace. And I said, why don't we start peace corners? Have a peace corner in every home. A corner where you remember the word peace is going to happen in this lifetime. Well, now we have thousands of peace corners. And they're just a little plaque that says peace corner. It's nothing big deal. Just like the peace polls. How many peace polls have you seen in your life, Mike? Wow. Well, since since we started the program uh, in 2017, actually, with the, with the help and assistance and encouragement of Al Jubitz, we planted uh, over 500 in our district, well over 1,000 in, in, in the country since 2017. And it's growing and it's really starting to, to get, uh, get some more traction. They're working on a... Um, QR code to put on the Peace Bowls to help teach people about the history of the Peace Bowl and also about Rotary and Rotary clubs. Yeah. And so yeah, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And so you hear from this wonderful guest today, Mike Caruso, that peace is possible and it begins with each of us, with our thoughts and our vision. And as we were driven to 
places of war to get that vaccine out there. Our vision was stronger than the opposition to getting it out there. So when you have that vision, keep it clear and, and think, I'm thinking about peace almost every minute of the day. And I think, what can I do to further peace? Now, there's so much wisdom in this podcast today with Mike Caruso. I'm going to invite you to invite three friends together and sit down and watch this podcast. When it is, when you are done, I have a conversation. What did you learn from Mike? What were the cherished outcomes of this podcast? What can we all do to further peace in our communities, in our clubs? And maybe if you have never been to a Rotary Club, find somebody who's a Rotarian and, and, and ask them to invite you to a meeting. We love to have new guests. And so Rotary to me is a vehicle that we're going to work tirelessly for to end war in 2023. You know, that's a very special year. Um, my birthday's 323. And so I look at 2023 and I think, wow, what a year we can bring peace. And the other thing, I'm an international city of peace. I created that with Santa Barbara. And it, we, I'm 323 for international cities of peace. Check it out on your internet. Maybe your city can be an international city of peace. It's a grassroots movement. Just keep peace on your mind. And there's last thing I want to say, the rotary wheel. You look up in my corner and you look in Mike's corner, you see the rotary wheel. What happened when the wheel was invented? The history of the world changed. We were able to be mobile. We were able to move. That's what I see in the rotary wheel. We have that potential. We have invented the rotary wheel to take us into the future for peace. And with that, Mike, do you have a last word? Do you have a dream, a goal, something you want everybody to remember? Um, just that we're all working together towards the same goal. And uh, it's possible. Anything is possible when people put their minds to it. They always say the impossible becomes possible when you see the vision ahead of you. And I see a world that works for us. And I see the borders disappearing as we begin to bring peace to our planet. And with that, I say thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us a half hour of your time. Thank you, Mike, for being a, a very informed and intelligent guest. My goodness, is Rotary lucky to have you. Without Mike, we never would have started the Peace Builder Clubs. So, you know, what can you do today and tomorrow to bring the vision of peace into its full potential and the reality it deserves. And with that, thank you. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. My pleasure. And again, peace is possible. And thank you for joining us.